0: or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. Our next guest on Be Brave at Work is Anish Mujamdar. Average professionals waste four plus years of their life on job hunting and being stuck between jobs and or being underemployed. Searches that can go on for six or nine or 12 or more months happen often, regardless of how many hours you're pouring into applications or how hot your industry is. The hiring process for many does not work, or is broken. Less than 3% of resumes submitted through job boards receive interview requests, regardless of how experienced you are or how many credentials you have. Hiring managers and gatekeepers are becoming increasingly risk-averse about what they call cold candidates who are people coming in through job boards and are subjecting them to greater amounts of assessments, legal hoops, identity, and credit checks. Candidates can leave behind almost a million dollars in lifetime earnings by having to rely on job boards for their income. And applying cold is a depressing chore that eats up your free time and mental energy like nothing else. Anish and his team teach clients how to use their system for generating high-ticket job offers 15 to 20 times faster than cold submitting, and in a way that pays off across your entire career journey. Anish, welcome to Be Brave at Work.
1: Thank you for having me, Ed.
0: We are thrilled that you're here, and I read a little bit of your bio, and I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners a little bit more about who you are and how you are currently interacting in the marketplace.
1: Sure. Um, I continue to be as surprised. I'm 42 now. Uh, I've been a career coach for over 12 years. I'm also a dad to three uh, and married in upstate New York. And I and I have to tell you, I probably sometimes am as befuddled and amazed by by this outcome as anybody else. I grew up in Montreal. I grew up one of two sons, uh, from a pretty conservative, um, Indian household. Uh, my dad was an engineer, kind of looking to sort of re, you know, reinvent and, and establish himself in Canada. My mother, uh, used to be an English teacher, uh, back in India. Um, uh, and then what happened was right around the time I was around seven to eight years old, the schizophrenia that had been sort of dormant in her kind of blossomed. And so what happened was, you know, we had this, what what we all assumed was a pretty static way of you know of moving forward we get the school we get the college we do all of this all of that was completely rocked and um in the midst of that chaos of just trying to hold our family together and trying to figure out who am i and and and, and what do i bring to it acting and the creative arts and first a career as a film and tv actor was was the the first real escape hatch for me. It, it, it gave me a chance to break out of all of this tumult and I really start putting all of that towards something productive, towards connection, you know? Um, so I start out as an actor. Um, I go through my 20s as an actor. While I'm doing that, I learn how to freelance and write for magazines. I develop a career as a journalist. Pretty old school in some sense because, you know, I learned everything about interviewing, about building a story, all of that really on assignment. All of this culminates with me right around the age of 28, 29, working at the time to get my book published and, and all of this. And I start working as a sideline, helping people with their resumes, helping people with the job search. It was never intended to be the main focus of what I was doing or anything like that. But the more I work with people, the more exactly what you like beautifully described a little bit earlier, I started noticing that over and over again that, hey, what's going on here? Where, you know, I was told, By many, many people, including my parents, look, no matter how tumultuous it is in your 20s, in your 40s, you make the right decisions. Everything is better. But I was working with people in their 40s where that was not the case. When your 50s arrive, you're going to have equity. You're going to have all of these things. Well, I was working with people in their 50s. I was working with moms. I was working with people at every stage who felt marginalized, who felt victimized, and who felt like they were looking from the outside in and they were completely at the mercy of these other companies. And the more I looked at it, the more it started to occur to me that this had nothing to do with who the people were uh, that I was working with. Um, this had everything to do with the fact that they were being forced to play a game that is so skewed against them that it's almost impossible for them to find uh a real out there, you know. No matter how good you are, how much of a rock star you are, there's only so much you can do with that. So it started an obsession in me to say, look, you know if people can network their way to a job then uh, and we know that the bulk of roles and opportunities out there are never going to make it to a job posting anyway why don't we focus our attention on instead of the companies and the job titles how about the people how about building the relationships and how do we and how about an end to end that allows us to do all of this stuff without having to go through those aspects of getting a job, those aspects of moving forward that are going to rip out your self-esteem, your self-belief, etc. As it turned out for me, um, and I'm 12 years into it, you know, if the change happened to me first, uh, once you take away trying to pitch and present and trying to win out and and wait for the phone to ring. If you can turn that stuff into something that's pleasurable and to something that makes you feel like, you know, when we you know, um, this is a, a great use of time and this is something that's going to be beneficial no matter what, it cracked the whole thing wide open to me, you know, and um and it has been it has done the same for um the clients that we've worked with. Right before I I um hopped onto this conversation with you, I was just looking at an email uh with our client Chris. Who just negotiated a 30% increase in one fell swoop in terms of his role. And this is after eight months spent knocking on doors unsuccessfully. You know, anyone can do this. Anyone can make uh, these types of changes. So I, I apologize for the, uh, the rambling answer a little bit, Ed, uh, but it is, uh, it has been a surprising battle and a war that, uh, my team and I have been fighting for the last couple of years.
0: Well, I appreciate the history, Anish, and you know, I'd love to go back on a couple of quick topics for sure. just a moment. One, you know, you observed through your experience that it wasn't age-related. And I do believe that all of us, regardless of our age, are still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. You know, oftentimes we go to college, we focus in a particular area, and we start yes. this career because we think that's what we're supposed to do. Because college, you have to choose a major. And mm-hmm. because you have to choose a major, it forces you to be a financial person or a mm-hmm. sports person or a mark whatever it might be and you know we start doing it and then at some point we say you know why am i doing this or how did i get there and i think this is where bravery starts to play a little bit of a role you know can someone yes. walk away from a job they have and the income they have to do something that personally is more satisfying we hear these stories from time to time of people who are in completely different careers Because they said at a certain point, this isn't what I want to do. And this is what I want to do. Uh, I had a colleague uh, just the other day who was talking about how he went to law school and was an attorney for seven years, but really inside and internally wanted to be a musician. And he uh-huh. said that was a very hard conversation with his parents where he said he was going to leave his law firm job and go start working <laughs> this, sounds,
1: this sounds now. very familiar to the conversation yeah. I had with my parents when I told them that uh, their, their oldest son was, had decided to be an actor. You know, a very, 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 and no matter how supportive they are, it's going to be difficult, right? It's going to take it's, some work. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's going to be difficult. So tell us a little bit about your experience, Anish, and I'll ask that you reflect a little bit on... Uh, interactions that you have had with clients about bravery and you know does it come up from time to time do you have to help people be braver Uh, do you have to ask them why didn't you do that that would have been a great thing to do and you hear well I didn't want to toot my own horn or you know I was uncomfortable doing it I mean where does bravery play a role for somebody who's either employed and looking for a new opportunity or in transition and now looking for a new opportunity
1: uh, I, I I so appreciate the question, and and I think that you know the irony is that you know when it comes to the people that I have worked with over the years, the the reason they 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 come to us will will take different manifestations. Oh, I need help with my brand, or I need interviewing help. Um, I've never really negotiated or renegotiated a role. I've never secured that internal promotion. But really, if you dig beneath that, it is exactly what you what you said. The the business of getting ahead is fundamentally a mind and mindset challenge you know it is fundamentally a challenge that is dependent on right when you know if i could use you for one second you know right right when ed should be feeling like he has the most options ahead of him right when he has the most things ahead that's when that's when he he needs to fight for that without 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 those backers i'll give you an example actually um i was working with um gail now gail was a woman who um, Was uh, uh, is, is is in her, her uh, early 70s. She had spent the better part of 20 years high-level HR, Fortune 500 level, got an amazing job, and she had been told at the last role that she had had, "Don't worry, you get the equity, you're going to get the exit, you're going to have all the time you need to spend with your gra- with your uh, grandkid," which is exactly what she wanted. Well, for whatever reason, they messed with her, and. She, when she walked away, she looked at her bank and she looked at what her situation was and she realized, you know, looking at her granddaughter, look, I've got enough to, 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 to move onwards. But if I leave now, if I leave the game right now in this moment, I don't leave writing my own narrative. I don't leave as this woman who came from Sri Lanka with nothing and reinvented herself and learned English and learned how to every piece. This is not a fitting end for this journey. And so starting from that place, of questioning to say, okay, I want something more, right? Which is an act of raving in, in and of itself. And then backing that up with saying, okay, if I'm, if I'm not done, but I also don't really want to just go back into what I was doing, what then, right? Again, making a bet, right? On who you are and what you can do. A lot of times what helped me with Gail was reminding her that your career life and your personal life and the other aspects of your life there's no difference when it comes to surmounting challenges. So I think one of the easiest things we can do to be braver, and, and it was the same with her, reminding her of, of the immense mountains that she had already overcome in order to be here. It started to shift her narrative from, I'm over the hill, I'm in my 70s, no one wants to work with me, into, wait a minute, I've seen how the meat is made at some of the biggest companies in the world, good, bad, and ugly. Who I've got value, you know, you know, you know, coming out of my ears, what she's doing today as a result of these small acts of bravery, right? And, and betting on yourself enough to take that next step. And that next step today, what she's doing is she is advising early and mid stage companies that are basically filled with people who'd look nothing like her, mostly guy heavy, mostly, you know, guys in their thirties and they love her. Like she's like the Oracle in the matrix for for, for them because she has the courage to come into that situation and deploy all of her insight to be able to say, don't do that. That's a mistake. You need to move move it in this direction. Here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to move this forward, right? So that you guys don't end up like the, like the boss or the stakeholder who messed me over your, you guys can end up like the types of executives I want to nurture, like the types of people that I want to work with. It gave her a whole second and third life, but it really came from an act of defiance. If you think about it, right? It came from an act of, of saying like, yeah, I could slink away. And if I say I'm not done, I don't know what that outcome is going to be, but darn it. I'm here for a reason things for a reason. So why, not, right? why not? Why not? Why not bet on ourselves, Right. Instead of instead of constantly looking at the outside for validation. The first thing when it comes to a career is if you're going to succeed, there's no way you're going to get belief from someone else, whether an employer or someone else, unless you have a stronger degree of belief in yourself. And that's got to come before the, the validation comes. You know, um, uh, certainly I think, you know, Gail was an example of that.
0: Well, I appreciate the story, uh, Anish, and you remind us that there's another area of interest for people where bravery may play a role, and that is for somebody who is employed, who is looking for a raise. And, you know, this is such a huge part of the American culture that even comic strips have been created, like Blondie and Fred Flintstone, where one (laughs) of the recurring activities was – and in these days, it was the husband who was working, you know, going in to, to ask his boss for a raise. And of, of course, the answer was always no. And so it's, it created this belief on people's part that, well, you can't go ask your boss for a raise because if you ask for a raise, the answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, of course, if you believe in yourself and are prepared, the likelihood of something happening is greater. Could you give our listeners a couple of tips or ideas? Sure. On things that you should think about or consider if you're going to go ask an employer for a raise and of course this is assuming that you like where you work that you are a good performer right somebody who just got a final warning shouldn't go in and ask for a raise (laughs) yes that would
1: not be that would not be the ultimate that would not be the best time
0: not a great strategy but uh you know what, what what should people be thinking about for people who are actively employed who want and believe they should be earning more money
1: this is uh you know this is a question that you know having been in this game for a long time um Getting ahead and asking for a raise is one of those situations that seems like a really one off situation. But in the business of your career and where you go, it is a kind of situation that's going to rear its head, you know, multiple times. And what it really is, is this. If you if you do your job right in terms of securing a raise for yourself, the asking should be almost beside the point the asking should be like a formality I can do it when we're in the elevator and stuff like that you know if you're my boss and how do we how do we do that that's where people falter you know you know they they get in their heads and they say okay look you know I know come your end I'm just gonna keep my head down I'm just gonna work 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 work. come your end I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna have this crazy conversation okay so let's de-escalate all of that stress and let's put it this way the way that you're going to get this raise is by so powerfully aligning to what is important, not to you or your team members, but to your boss, that level ahead. So the way that you're going to do that is not by guessing. I've even worked with people who have started a role based on a job description, worked 90% of their time on things that ultimately their bosses couldn't care less about, and then were fired, right? So you take a lesson here to say, okay, starting now, whether it's a weekly basis, whether it's bi-weekly, whatever, I'm going to shoot my boss an email with no goal other than this. Keep it short and say, here are the strategic, not tactical. Here are the strategic aspects of what me and my people are doing. Here's what we're busy with right now. Just wanted to keep you apprised of that. And you want to give your boss multiple opportunities to be able to chime in, to say, hey, you know what? That works. Hey, you know what, Ed? Put that on the back burner. Oh, that's so great. Let me know how that one comes in. You want to be in a running dialogue with your boss in terms of what you're doing. And as you're doing this, what you want to be listening for, what you want to be paying attention to, right? What are the two or three aspects, right? The key drivers of what your boss has got to get right in order for this person to be successful. And where does the rubber meet the road in terms of that and what you guys are up to? The more you do that, the more there's a back and forth there, the more there's a sense that a big thing that we'll, that, that we'll coach our clients to do, and this is true for anyone, Stop talking about what you do f- uh, from the lens of skills and skills only. From now on, if I'm talking to Ed about, about content creation, it's going to be through the larger lens of what you've built to yourself. It's not going to be through a commoditized lens. The same thing is true when you're in a company. Make a promise to yourself to, to, to not be caught out anymore, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with your team, whether it's with a meeting. From now on, if people want your opinion on what you're doing, on the aspects of the work that you do, I want you focused and connecting the dots actively between, hey, this is a tech problem, but it's not really. It's a growth problem, and here's where it's going to meet you guys. Uh, Start verbalizing the strategic aspect of what you do and start standing for it and aligning for it. And that will give you the power come raise time or whenever you want, because if you do this right, you shouldn't have to wait until some standardized period, right? If I have real leverage in the situation I can walk in and renegotiate anytime I want, right? If you utilize that way of thinking, right, then what you want to use as the ballast for the raise is not your all the hard work you've done, but boom, here are your priorities. Here's what I've done as a leader to align with that. Here's what we've done. Here's what we need to move that forward. Here's what it looks like. And if they say no in that moment, the work that you've done to hold yourself accountable, to communicate in this way, to move it forward also sends a very clear message to employers. And the message is, look, Ed is here. He is clearly, he understands where, where the bread is buttered. He's He wants to move passionately in terms of this next stage. I have a pretty sneaking suspicion that if we don't say yes, he's going to take all of this work, all of this prioritization, and move it on to company B and company C. And that's also the most powerful thing you can do to, to, to advocate for a raise. While you're doing all of this, start having conversations with leaders outside of the bubble of your company forget about chasing a job at that point just start getting into the zone of solving problems we we say we call it solving problems building rapport at the high level and and gaining inside information as you're doing that that will also help you because it'll start bringing in the sense that says okay like no matter what happens with a raise or not? Like I'm valued. People see the value of that. I'm helping people. I can create roles for myself. You know, um, if you, I know that that can be hard to do when you're working full time hours, for example, um, and you're, you know, you're balancing, let's say family and, and all of the rest, but some, sometimes just something as easy as one or two calls a week with one or two people that you respect that you're getting to know for the first time that are in your target industry and high level that can change your life. That changed my life. You know, when when I was so worried that I wasn't going to be able to support my family, you know, which is where this program ultimately started from, you know, um, it was really putting my faith in in people on a one by one basis to say, okay, I got 30 minutes with Ed. Let me see the, what I can do to understand where he's coming from, what his priorities are. Let me see if I can align with that and let me see if I can help, right? Um, that's that's all you need to, to start building these relationships and start um, moving that forward. Um, hopefully that's helpful.
0: It is. That's a fantastic group of suggestions, Anise. Thank you so much for sharing it. And clearly you have very deep expertise in this area. And thank you for being a guest on Be Brave at Work today. And if folks want to find out more about you and the work that you're doing at your organization, where can they go?
1: thanks for the opportunity ed um helloanish.com would be uh the one-stop shop for that you can go deeper with my trainings um you can take our master class if you're interested in learning our full strategy um the goal is to help 10,000 people uh just like me and you um break out of this and find you know some real lasting abundance so um i encourage anyone listening hop on over and don't be a stranger
0: fantastic well anish thank you once again for your thoughts and
1: input today
0: thank you ed and to our listeners, thank you for joining us today and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com.